Hey everyone, welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Kim. And I'm Joanne. And Joanne and I were talking and we realized it's been a minute since we did an episode just by ourselves. We've had all these Mm -hmm. wonderful guests on for you guys and, you know, we just brought it back to the basics. Right. So today we are going to be speaking about the post-COVID impact. Are you ready, Joanne? I'm ready. I'm ready. It's been a whole year since we've been in this mess. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to call it, whatever you Mm want to call it, it's been messy for a lot of us. Right, right. So let's start with the question. So the first question I have for you is, you know, if your mind will allow you to go back that far, what were you doing a year ago? I think it was around March 13th when we really started seeing like the cases getting Mm -hmm. serious. Mm -hmm. What were you doing a year ago? Girl, it was around March 13th, March 12th. I think it was a Thursday. And I remember because I was still working, consulting Mm -hmm. in the clinical setting back then. And I remember I got a message because we get text messages for our kids. School, if something's happening, Mm -hmm. school's not in session the next day. And I Mm -hmm. remember getting an email and them saying for the next week or two, Mm -hmm. kids are going to be working digitally. So the county that I'm in here in Georgia, they always had a contingency plan in place Mm. for like supposed winter weather (laughs) that we get in Georgia. So, you know, something were to happen and people can't travel to school physically, there's always like these digital schools that were in place. Mm. And so they were like, we're going to do digital school with the kids for the next week or two as we figure out what's going on with this coronavirus, as we were calling it more so back then. Right. And then the facilities that I was doing my consulting with clinically, Mm -hmm. I got contacted and they were like, they are not allowing any non-essential personnel. Uh, And so I'm in long-term care as opposed to you, Kim. You were, you're still in like acute care. So you're more essential than I am. So I wasn't considered as essential because my people, I don't have to see them every day. I don't have to calculate tube feeding stuff all the time. So I can do a lot of stuff remote, which is what I did. So that's what March 13th was looking like for me back then. And I was like, okay, so this is the life we're about to do. And even my <laughs> husband, he, he it was the same thing. He got the same email. You're staying home. And we're going to wow. see in the next couple of weeks, we'll reevaluate. Little did we know. Two weeks. Is right? what a year? We're in March, April. Oh my God. More than that, right? It's crazy. I mean, so what were you doing? You know, I actually tried to go back on my Instagram stories to, to find out <laughs> what I was doing, but for some reason, it's not pulling up. I mean, to be honest with you, I was probably doing the same thing that I'm doing now, working at the hospital setting. I think mm-hmm. it was around that time when they told us that we needed to start wearing masks mm-hmm. and we needed to start, you know, really avoiding close contact and getting our temperature checked quite frequently and our nose swabbed all the time. Wow. So, I mean, a year ago, it wasn't really anything different for me as it pertained to, you know, being a clinical inpatient dietitian, Mm -hmm. but definitely personal life, I was out and about more, you know, I enjoyed Mm -hmm, my freedom. mm -hmm. I was out of town like every weekend in Orlando or in Miami or somewhere in Tampa, just doing whatever. Right. But, you know, it all to me, it seems like deja vu 
it's like, I feel like I'm in like the twilight zone. Why? Because of this whole entire social distancing and being locked indoors a lot more than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm naturally an introvert, but I do like my freedom. I do like my okay. freedom to go out. You don't like to be told you can't. I think that's exactly. a lot of the block that people like my husband even is having that you can't do it. Even though you're an introvert, right. dude, you don't go yeah. anywhere anyways. Right. Right. And now like more than ever, I want to go to Disney World before. (laughs) Forget it. Forget Disney World. Disney who? Disney what? But now it's like, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm in Florida now. So, you know, the kind of governor that we have, you know, Mm -hmm. just open up the state. But I just feel like some of my freedom is a bit it's it's restricted. It's restricted. Well, we're in Georgia or I'm in Georgia, my family and I, and we're not as restricted as the rest of the country is either. Like I have family who lives in California and they're mm. always complaining about how they can't do this. They can't do mm. that. You guys don't understand. Why are you guys not freaked out? I'm like, cause we're not <laughs> shut down. Like y'all are, you guys are literally mm-hmm. in a nanny state. Like you guys are locked down, locked down. Georgia, they were not locked down like that. I would say Metro Atlanta, Atlanta area, people were more, you're more likely to see people wearing masks. You're Mm -hmm. more likely to see people trying to social distance. But then if you're trying to go outside of that area, you'll see people Mm -hmm. just being free. Don't believe Mm -hmm. there's a COVID. Like we're not as shut down uh, as a lot of people was or are even till now. But personally, a lot has not changed for me in regards to my personal life when it comes to going out, because I'm in a period of my life where even though I am an introvert, I guess the only little things that I was doing was like going to kids' birthday parties. Because the period of my life that I'm in right now is little kids doing little kid activities. So going out, you know, with my husband on a Saturday night or every weekend, we weren't doing that because we have little ones at home. So we weren't doing Uh any of that. And so being an introvert that I am, it doesn't really bother me. As a matter of fact, I would say the blessings, if someone can call this mess that, you know, Mm -hmm. any parts of it that is that I have been able to gain, you know, the few hours out of the day that I was hustling and bustling, going to pick up kids, going to bring Mm -hmm. them to piano lessons or whatever extracurricular activities they were in. And then not having to figure out how we're going to, put into our schedule invitations that we got for birthday parties or right. outings or gatherings and all that stuff. Cause we live North of Atlanta and most of our friends live South of Atlanta. So we would always have to drive like an hour, 45 mm-hmm. minutes, which is not an Atlanta world. That's not as bad, but when mm-hmm. you have little ones, like if you're two adults is cool, but if you have little ones trying to get them back into bed on Sunday nights, so you can That's a lot. You know, start yeah. the day on Monday. It doesn't work as well. So for me, I would say my personal life has not changed as much, Mm -hmm. but there has been some benefits to me being locked down for real. Mm. It seems like you're one of the people that, you know, and kind of enjoys this more than other people like, you know, myself, like, oh, my gosh, I got cabin fever. (laughs) I enjoyed a little bit of being I do enjoy that part. I don't enjoy the fact that it's a result of us having this virus out because I've lost family from this virus. Right, right. But I do enjoy the parts of us being home. And can I say people, I don't know, somebody out there may even agree with me that I'm a little feeling a little overwhelmed at the idea of going back into it. Oh, girl. I'm a little overwhelmed about going back into regular life. 
You're not the only one. You know what I'm going to miss, to be honest with you? I'm going to miss the mask because people cannot see my facial expression. Right? <laughs> they cannot see my facial expressions. Uh, so I am going to miss the mask, but I don't even know if the mask is going to go. I think maybe I that's think something that's going gonna, anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, either. that's going to stick with us for a little while. So, you know, just getting back in the normal routine of things. I think I kind of have to check myself in regards to not shaking anyone's hand and not giving them a hug and, you know, making sure I'm standing a certain feet away from them. But yeah, I kind of think of it as you like, you know, how China's society or the society, how it is, mm-hmm. how they had the mask on anyway. And mm-hmm, they were like super mm-hmm. conscious about touching right. and different things. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like that for us. I think so too, which kind of sucks because I love wearing my nice little red Ruby Woo Mac lipstick. And uh-huh. I mean, there's a point of that anymore. Like who's seeing it? I'm not wearing lipstick. Mm. I mean, I don't go w- anywhere right now, but when I do go somewhere and I put on my mask, like I can't even wear makeup because it messes my mask yes. all up. Yes. It has you saved know? me some money too. This pandemic has saved me some money, some coins. It has. Cause I was just <laughs> telling my husband, I was like telling Mike, I haven't bought makeup and you know how they say, what do they say? Every three months or every, there's a certain amount, yeah. like every six months you're supposed to change your makeup, whether it's done or not due to bacteria and stuff. Right. Right. Well, well, it's been about a year. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. I have not bought anything. So how freaked out were you when you realized that, yo, this thing is real? I was freaking out because, you know, I've watched all them doomsday movies in my past. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and so when I saw that at first it was like, you know, a couple of weeks and then they were like, well, we're going to extend it. And then people were fine over toilet paper and then mm. stuff was, you know, shelves were being filled back up fast enough with food. I was like, what is this? twilight zone that we are in like what is this going on and so I was a little freaked out probably why I started my quarantine garden because I'm all about Mm -hmm. depending on myself and not depending on others system and I'm like I'm not about to wait for them to be like oh there is no food I'm like okay I'm gonna get ahead of this even though my husband was laughing at me and he's still laughing now Mm -hmm. at me in this garden but I think I was a little freaked out about it and stressed I would say the first three months I was stressed Mm -hmm. So although we were home, we could have had, you know, people were thinking like, oh, we're home. We're going to have more time to cook and more time to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of that was not happening because of the stress that I was feeling of what is about to happen here with this virus. Right. Right. I remember you even texting me last year and you were like, Kim, I know you're still going to the hospital, but you <laughs> may want to stock up on some more groceries right. you know, so that you can have them. And I, I took your advice. And it was invaluable because when I I stocked up on the groceries, when I went back to the grocery store, shelves were empty. Right. I don't even know what was going on. I I think people, it looked like it was a hurricane in Florida. You've lived in Florida. So, you know, like the shelves be empty. Uh There's no water. There's no Mm -hmm. toilet paper. There's no canned goods. Only thing that was left was like the chips and the sodas and things that weren't like nutrient rich. So I remember you telling me that during that time, and that was invaluable advice. Uh But I think for me, I didn't start freaking out until maybe the death toll started climbing. And I realized what was going on in New York Mm. when they didn't have places to put the dead bodies. Right. And they were putting them in trucks. Yeah. I didn't start Mm. freaking out until then. And I remember during that time, too, 
that's when I came off of the floor as Mm -hmm. a dietitian. Like I was seeing patients, but I was charting based off of what I would see in the office. Exactly. So I just refused. And I don't even remember too. I wonder if I should even say this on air. I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the hospital that I worked for was so concerned about patient satisfaction scores Mm. that they were like, oh, you know, do you mind going into the COVID rooms and doing their patient satisfaction? I said, no, I'm not doing that. No, No, I said, you you can do it, but I'm not doing it. Right. I mean, the nurses were already going in there because they had exactly, to. So exactly. Exactly. And I just praise God for my nurses because I remember too, I, I was going into a patient's room before I stopped going in. And so the nurse was like, Kim, stop. And I'm like, what happened? What did I do? What did I do now? She was like, oh no, that's a COVID. Where are you going? Where do you think you're going? So I really didn't start freaking out until I started seeing the death of everything. And then even in my own little ICU, You'll get people first, you know, everyone thought like, oh, all the old people are dying. Mm -hmm. And then like when I started seeing people in their 20s and 30s dying, I was like, oh, my goodness. Do I need to start working from home? Right. I mean, I was already working from home and I was I was doing the same thing you were doing clinically. I had meetings, Mm -hmm. teleconferences with nursing, the IDT team, the nurses, the nurse director, PT or whomever just so that I can get all the information I can get without being able to see the patient. And mm-hmm. that's how I would do my charting and make my right. recommendations. And that's what had to be done because if they told me I had to go back in at that time, it would have had to be a no because one, I had kids at home that were not going in school. And two, I had kids at home that I wasn't trying to expose. Right. Right. And you had the baby. I had the baby. He was a, he was a baby than he is now. Right. Right. So, <laughs> I really wasn't trying to expose them. And I know the nurses, the wonderful, wonderful nurses and essential people who are out there who have children and had mm-hmm. little ones and had no choice but to be out there. And I, you know, praise y'all and you guys are yeah. up there and the heroes of heroes. <laughs> For my little stuff, though, I couldn't do it and I would not do it. And thank God I had the choice given to me about doing it in August though they tried to get us to go back in and I was like okay I'm gonna have to say um goodbye to you guys because my kids are gonna continue digitally they ain't nobody here to watch them at home so right and no one's there to pay your hospital bill in case you that's right that's right that's right so it's been a crazy year right so but seriously as dietitians we've seen and you talked a little bit about the deaths especially in New York, New York, Mm -hmm. California are like one of the top states Mm -hmm. that we've seen in the last year. And we've seen a lot of people who they categorize as high risk. First, it was the elderly. Then we saw them start categorizing people who are obese, Mm -hmm. who had pre-existing conditions. Right. So seeing all that happening, and we talk about the importance of health and wellness and nutrition what do you think about like what we do? Not only what we do, but what we talk about in regards to the importance of nutrition. Would America be as bad as we were if we put nutrition and wellness at higher ranking than we have? Ah, 
You know, I don't even know how to answer that question because when the COVID came out, we had this crazy president at the time mm-hmm. that wasn't even taking this thing seriously. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> that's neither here or there. But in regards to nutrition, you know, when you mentioned, you know, people suffering from being overweight or obese and people having diabetes and, you know, just all of these mm-hmm. conditions that can bring about morbidity mm-hmm. and an increased risk of mortality. I think proper nutrition now more than ever has Mm -hmm. taken a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, and I'm pretty sure you can say the same thing, especially during COVID has been when my personal business, my personal Mm -hmm. practice as an entrepreneurial dietitian has just like boomed Mm -hmm. because COVID is not something that we can see. It's not something that, you know, it's not tangible. So I think Mm -hmm. people are trying to take more focus and more control of their own personal health. So in case they do get COVID-19, that they can make sure that they go in and that, you know, their blood sugars are under control, their weight may be, you know, a little better, Mm -hmm. even though weight is not a predictor of health, but we're not going to get into that. But I really see that people are taking a whole entire different perspective. People are now buying different herbs and they're exercising Mm -hmm. and they're sleeping. They're trying to reduce their stress their right. whole entire lifestyle and nutrition is just one aspect of that. Right. That, I mean, that's very true. That's very mm-hmm. true. And you just talked about the herbs part of it. And I feel like people were more anti mm-hmm. holistic medicine or the medicinal properties of food prior to COVID. But then oh, once yeah. COVID hit, even doctors, you hear people oh, yeah. be more vitamin D, vitamin C, you know, telling people what to take zinc and all that stuff. Yep. And in the beginning, People weren't about it. And I was like, okay, y'all keep playing now. I'm going to be <laughs> taking these over here. <laughs> right? Well, y'all keep playing. And now it's part of a lot of the protocols that you see that is handed out to people mm-hmm. who are doing better than others who don't need to be hospitalized, I should say. And in regards to my personal business, you are absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. The ones that I've, I'm able to take on because my availability has decreased significantly mm-hmm. because of my kids being at home. I've gotten more people um, contacting me. And I think one, it has to do with the fact that they're trying to get their health back, especially the black community, because we were on the list of being the most at risk. Right. 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 And then the funds are now a little bit more available too, for people who still have their jobs, who are not driving like that gas budget that Mm -hmm. you had, you're able to put it towards to, you know, whatever, like for me, like my garden, that was that mortgage you call child care. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. The mortgage you call child care. That's what funded my garden, my quarantine garden. So yeah, we had a little bit more fun to be able to put towards the things that we wanted to do, our health, our sustainability mm-hmm, and all that. Mm-hmm. And those that I've worked with in the last year, and please don't come after me saying that Joanne says she has a cure for COVID because I <laughs> do not. And I'm not saying that I do, but I will say that I've had a few people that I've worked with that whose household Mm -hmm. has contracted COVID and Mm -hmm. they've been the only one that either one did not contract COVID or two, they contracted it, but their symptoms were significantly less than others who were hospitalized or still battling it. So your health and your wellness is important. Your immune system is important. Making sure everything's on an up and up as best as you can, Correct. you know, during these times, even now, a year later. I agree. I totally agree with that. 
Hey everyone, we wanted to pause right here and let you know about matcha. So lately I've really been into matcha. So without really getting into too much details about the antioxidant content and the possibility of matcha reducing stress, let me say this. When the first matcha craze came around, I personally was not a fan because I thought it was messy. Like it would get everywhere on the counter if you weren't careful and I just wasn't feeling it. But a few months ago, I decided to revisit matcha and found out about Peak Matcha Sticks. Peak Matcha Sticks are individually wrapped, which is something that I personally love because it's a great grab-and-go item. I can put it in my pocket or my purse and grab a bottle of water and I'm out the door in a matter of seconds. Plus, Peak Matcha is ceremonial grade, which basically means that it is high quality. This is important because a lot of the matcha on the market nowadays are low quality and don't have as much benefit to the body, so don't get me started. If you're ready to try the on-the-go matcha sticks, visit peaktea.com. That's P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A.com and use the code NutritionLifestyles to get 5% off of your first order. In my opinion, Peak doesn't disappoint. Let me know what you think. So, you know, let's talk about nutrition. Let's let's focus on that a little bit closer because, of mm-hmm. course, you know, in order to get proper nutrition, we have to eat something. Mm-hmm. Have you been out dining? Have you, you know, ventured outside? I know you have the kids. You know, how, how do you feel about dining out and traveling and getting back to <laughs> to normal as the world, actually, the United States slowly opens back up? I'm still hesitant. I'm hesitant by nature. That's who mm-hmm. I am. I'm a planner and all that. My husband is almost completely opposite for me in that sense. Like if it wasn't for me, he probably would, he would have still been at the gym. <laughs> he would have been playing basketball with people. We don't know whether they have COVID or not. Mm. Like I was like, uh, uh-uh. you no, we're not doing that. So mm-hmm. we've been at home and I would say the first time, maybe the first six months, the first time that we we didn't go out to eat, but we ordered in mm-hmm. was probably in October. Mm-hmm. Before then, we weren't eating out. We weren't ordering and everything was cooked from home. And although I say Georgia is, you know, more open than the rest of the country, I would say the first three months, a lot of places were actually closed or they were only doing um, curbside right, right. pickups and stuff like that. So no, I haven't done any, no traveling. I haven't seen my mom since she came to be with me when Jalen was delivered, like Mm -hmm, that month mm -hmm. and a half that she spent with me in 2019. That's the last time I saw her. Mike, we haven't seen his mom since that same time. She came a month afterwards with his grandfather, who's turning 101 this year. Oh, wow. Right. So we haven't seen them. But the difference is I I was telling him because he was like, you know, I haven't seen my mom in so long. I said the difference is as opposed to the 90s and the 80s, for those of us who are that old, (laughs) is that you remember, Kim, I don't know if you if you guys did this in Jamaica, but I spent the first seven years of my life in Haiti, as some Mm -hmm. of you may know out there. And I just remember like when my family and even when we moved to Florida, first of all, long distance was expensive. So nobody was calling Mm. anybody in New Jersey and New York where most of my Mm. family is. When you did, you called them like, and you made, you may call them maybe once a month, if not every couple of months. And you made sure that it was for good reason. 
Right. Or I don't know if you guys did this in Jamaica, but the cassette tapes that people used to do. You didn't uh-huh. say cassette tape messages. No, not at all. That's new for me. Y'all didn't do that? Like you uh-uh. send cassette tape messages where you have a whole conversation by yourself, basically telling them how oh, your wife's wow. doing, da 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 da, and then you mail it out. And oh, then wow. the person gets it like a month later. <laughs> that is genius. That's how they used to communicate back in the late 80s, early 90s in Haiti and stuff. Wow. So for me, I was telling Mike, I was like, it's not like we're living in that age. You know, we have FaceTime, we have Zoom, we have Skype, we have all, we have WhatsApp. So I see my mom every day. I talk to her. So it seems to me like, you know, I've seen her. So I, right. I haven't been like, oh my goodness, I have to go and see my mom. As opposed to him who feels like he has to go. But that's because he's not FaceTiming anybody. He's not the uh, one. He don't be calling yeah. nobody. That's that why. makes sense. Yeah. So for me, I haven't done any of the traveling. We're planning on it this summer. Oh. We're planning on dipping our toes in the water, literally and figuratively, and seeing what that's <laughs> like. <laughs> so I don't know. What, what have y'all been doing? I mean, you've been out and about, so. Yeah, I've been out and about. In regards to dining out, I think the first time I dined out, you know, it's always because I'm always traveling somewhere still. If it's for a Mm -hmm. doctor's appointment or if it's, I'm just still traveling. So every time I'm, I dine out because, you know, Florida, we opened back the restaurants pretty soon. I think Mm -hmm. we were like one of the first in the country. But the restaurants themselves are just a little different. They are very scanty and very bare bones. And it's like if you're eating on one side of the restaurant and someone else mm-hmm. comes in, like they put them on the total opposite side of the restaurant. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I felt a little safe with that. And, you know, just following certain restaurants have different rules. Like, you know, you have to wear your mask at all times except for when you're eating. And as soon as you're done eating, they're like grilling you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I feel confident ordering in and dining out. But in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, getting back to my normal state of things, I'm a bit hesitant. You know, mm-hmm. I I feel like I don't know how I'm going to act when, right. you know, when I see someone else, like, you know, am I supposed to shake your hand or am I not supposed to shake your hand? Can I even interact how I normally interact with people? Because I have really just diminished my social life so much. Like the only people I really talk to Joanne is like you and maybe three other friends that are like Mm -hmm. really, really close. So, and I know that's what COVID does. (laughs) COVID can really tarnish relationships, but I know everyone is trying to process what is going on and make it like normal for them. So I feel like I may have a little bit of social anxiety Mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. back to normal with you know the whole entire world state of things I feel like I'm not going to know how to act in person when I see like a large group of people yeah I mean I could see that and I may be the same way I may be the same way I do remember that we did go out to eat we went out to eat once we had friends mm-hmm. that we hiked with and then we went out to eat in that restaurant they had nobody in there though no oh, one was in there and but okay. this was late fall still last year gotcha there gotcha. was no one in there I think somebody joined and they were at the other side of the restaurant, like you said, in Florida. But I've heard here that they're not really, I guess the tables are separated per the recommendations, CDC recommendations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But people at the table don't have to wear their masks. They only have to wear when the waiter or waitress comes to speak mm, to them. Okay, but for me, okay. I'm like, it's a virus. Stuff is everywhere. Like, what's it, Right? What's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. What are y'all talking about? It's it's crazy. 
But yeah, I feel you about being apprehensive and going out. But what may be beneficial to you? Mm-hmm. And but you're in Florida, so I don't know how beneficial it's gonna be because <laughs> people in Florida they they just crazy whatever out there, right? When you become a mom, you're not mm-hmm. gonna have to worry about people touching your babies. That's True. Like one thing I True. have benefited from COVID. The few times that we've gone out to the doctor's office because they don't go anywhere the kids they really don't. Mm-hmm. We've only last summer we did hiking up until the fall with them, and there's really no one on the hikes, which wow. is crazy. Because we were trying to get fresh air and all that right. stuff, but no one was out there hiking, which was beneficial for us. But like, if we went to the doctor's office in the past, you'll see people try to like, oh, he's so cute and try to touch wow. your kids and stuff like that. But now everybody's not. So that's going to be beneficial. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Definitely. You we'll know, I think people are now just a little more conscious of we don't see it. We don't know, you know, like, you know, there's like a little incubation time until you start showing mm-hmm. signs and symptoms. So I think right. people are a lot more cognizant of let me just stay away from you kind of deal. Yeah, because as much as I would like to think that there are a lot of people who are cognizant of let me stay away from you. There are a lot of people and I have proof of them because I've spoken to folks that who've had COVID and they're not cognizant of. Well, you just tested positive today. Can you call the doctor's office or the grocery store you went to yesterday? Can y'all tell them that you exposed them? Oh my God. Nope. Nope. And I know, I feel like there's a lot of that that has gone on. This is why we're in this situation right now, because they may have not been as symptomatic when they were testing positive, not realizing that, you know, you exposed people though. Can you let those people know that they were exposed? That's why I have been very hesitant of going out is those kind of people mm. who don't really either they, they're not understanding or they don't care right. about others. And that's my worry because my kids, you know, they have inflammatory conditions that are persistent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like my kid with all the food intolerances, like mm-hmm, when he, mm-hmm. you know, things are not going right. He's having loose stools and stuff. So like I wouldn't want him exposed to COVID at all. Exactly. And he's still putting his hands in his mouth. That's one reason when I'm like, you ain't going to school, Betty. You stay there. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Because, right? you know, little kids, I mean, they pass things quickly. They really do. And they I mean, do. that's that's not to bash any mom or any dad listening to this podcast episode. That's just a personal decision that Joanne has made for her right, child. Right, right, right. And I know a lot of people are different. A lot of people, you know, their kids are great. They're healthy. Or they don't have the choice because they're first responders or, you know, they're essential workers. They don't have the choice and they may have wanted to keep their kids at home and they just don't have that choice. And I feel them for that. And we're not bashing that at all. Not at all. Everyone has made the choice. That's why I say everyone makes the choices and decisions. Hopefully that's informed as possible for your family, what's best for your family, right? Right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. So in the last year, you've been more... I would say you're still clinical, but you've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of private practice stuff yes. more so than before, right? Yes. So you're experiencing the telehealth world. Yes. Right? One of the things that I crack up about when I tell people, they're like, oh my gosh, how are you functioning now? And I'm like, I was telehealth prior to this. I was a virtual practitioner even before mm-hmm. COVID hit the scene. So I'm not, I haven't had much of a change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you feel about telehealth being present now and do you think it's here to stay i hope it's here to stay you know 
I think it's here to stay. And let me tell you why I think it's here to stay, which I'll tell you why I'm mentioning this person's name off air a little later. Kathy Wood. You ever heard of her? Kathy Wood? Mm-mm. So let, let me tell no. you a little backstory of Kathy Wood. And let me tell you how that relates to telehealth. So Kathy Wood, when Tesla first came out, everyone was saying, oh, Tesla stocks are trash. You know, they're garbage, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she was like, nah, you know, Tesla stocks are going to be really good. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. And everyone thought that she was crazy. She was a bad investor, that she was leading Elon Musk down a road of perdition. Mm-hmm. And his stocks boomed. So now Kathy Wood is saying that, look, y'all need to invest in these telehealth stocks. Is that what she's saying? Which ones is she talking about? We need to talk about this afterwards, girl. Yes, girl. This is a whole nother podcast recording. Okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> so she's, there's a few of them. So she's the CEO of ARK Invest. And she was like, look, telehealth is not going anywhere. You guys thought I was crazy when I was talking about my Tesla. But mm-hmm. look at the, unlike one share is like, 1500 and like mm-hmm, all of this like mm-hmm. buku money yeah so, Tesla, Tesla making that money yes and so she's also projecting this for the telehealth and everything this lady has projected i don't know if she a prophet joanne or she just knows economics really <laughs> well it has come to pass okay. so i definitely think telehealth is here to stay because I do not think that COVID-19 is going to diminish itself anytime soon. Mm-hmm. The way that I view COVID-19, I view it like, you know, like how, you know, the flu virus, you know, like mm-hmm. back in the day when we had the Spanish flu and all of that, like it took years and years mm-hmm. until like, you know, we had the vaccine and the economy was able to go back to normal. That's the same mm-hmm. way how I see this COVID-19. So I really think despite the presence of COVID-19, this mm-hmm. thing, telehealth, having a doctor from the comfort of your home or a Mm -hmm. dietitian or a nurse, it's going to be here. And I see it in my numbers. I see it in the coins coming in. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's just here to stay. I think it's convenient for people. Oh, definitely. I mean, I hope it's here to stay. And I agree with you. I think it's here to stay as well. On the dietitian side, for me, we don't, and you, we, mm-hmm. we don't need to physically see someone like I don't mm-hmm. assess you. I don't touch you. I don't need to do any of that stuff to get you to reach the goals that we're trying to reach. Physicians that I've spoken to now, there are physicians, of course, they have to actually see the physical person, assess them. But they're like some of the follow ups that they do. They don't need to do that. And I, a lot of the ones that I've spoken to have said they are seeing themselves incorporating telehealth into their mm-hmm. practice. Like there's no reason for us to just be, to have you come in. In Atlanta, you know, I spoke about this earlier, like we are, things are far, you know, people mm-hmm. traveling 45 minutes to go to places. And if I don't have to actually drive there and I can telehealth, mm-hmm. you know, whatever a professional, that is a bonus. That's a plus. Right. So I agree. I see it saying. I also think telehealth is changing the laws of the land too, because, and the only way I know this is because there was a patient about two years ago that lived in Texas and wanted me to see them, but I had Mm -hmm. to check Texas bylaws and by law in order for me to see them virtually, I had Uh to have one face-to-face encounter. So I Mm -hmm. think with this whole entire COVID-19 that health insurance companies, I don't take insurance and I know Joanne doesn't take insurance. We only take private pay, 
but mm-hmm. it's waiving a lot of the bylaws of right. different states. So it's making it more advantageous and more uh-huh. tangible for people to jump on their cell phones or their iPads or their computers mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. order to get assessed. Right. You said bylaws. Was that pre or post COVID bylaws? That because was pre. Trump that was pre. Whatever he passed. Yeah, that that was pre. That was way, yeah. That I was think pre. when all this started, there's something that they passed that allowed oh, yeah. people to waive all that. Oh yeah, it changed everything. So yeah, that was like mm-hmm. two years ago though, mm-hmm, before mm-hmm, all okay. of this started. So, what do you miss the most since the pandemic? What do you miss the most in whether that's your professional life or your personal life? Is there anything that you miss? I guess I do miss. I don't like to be told what to do, I guess. And when you tell me not to do it, that's when I want to do it. I guess oh, yes, the child in me. Oh, yes. So me too. we were like, we're introverts, right? We don't go anywhere. But I mean, like you were talking about Disney. I wanted mm-hmm. to go to Disney, not because I haven't been because I grew up in Florida, but mm-hmm. my kid was turning 10 and I was like, oh, that would be the perfect, that was going to be mm-hmm. his 10th birthday. We were going to be out here in Florida. And I grew up in Orlando. So Disney's in my backyard. And so we couldn't do that. I love the beach. I like mm-hmm. going to the beach. We go to the beach every year. I think we've gone every year in the last few years prior to COVID. And we didn't go 2019. Did we go 2019? No, we went 2019. Mm-hmm. We didn't go 2020 because of COVID. So I miss not being able to just go. Right. I miss not being able to get out my car and just grab my purse and go. Right. Like, for some reason lately, I've been forgetting to put my mask on. I've been close <laughs> to the door and I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to go back. Right. To get my mask. Right. That has happened to me. That has definitely happened to me. I think with me, what I miss, I would say the same thing as you, you know, just being on lockdown and being told what I can and can't do. I understand it's for the safety of everyone, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like oh like mm-hmm. get out my life kind of thing right you know, I, I kind of feel like and I think I compared and contrasted to my family members who are in Jamaica and who are living in the country mm. they're just living life as normal because they're not like they don't have all these neighbors they don't right, have all right. of this crowd and they're just like well nothing changed in our routine you know we're wow. just living life like we normally would I don't know. I, I just miss my, my personal freedom. I feel like my freedom is. Yeah. yeah. It's been taken away. I mean, I do miss dressing up. I miss that because I love to dress up. And I'll I be dressing, dressing up in the house. Putting on <laughs> that good lipstick and uh-huh. face beat and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, going out with my husband. I do miss that. Even though we didn't do a lot of that again, because the way where we're at in our life with all these kids, mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot of that going on. But the fact that in a year, like we haven't done any of that. I've missed that. And let me add this, that although Kim and I are saying that we, we felt like we've been constrained. We have followed all the rules. Oh, yes. We have. Yes. We have definitely. I I do side eye people who can't follow the rules. I followed all the right. rules. I stayed home. I was shopping every two, two to three weeks when we yes. were told to do so. Like I followed all the rules, y'all. I agree. I agree. Don't think that we're out here not obeying the rules and right, just being free, trying to give ourselves COVID. No, not at all. Yeah, we're not trying to get COVID at all. So, how do you feel now, a year later? I'm ready for this thing to be over, Joanne. I am ready. I am ready. I feel like. 
I feel like I'm just in the same routine over and over and over again. Right. And I'm glad that the numbers are decreasing. And I just hope and pray that it continues to diminish itself and get itself under control. Because, you know, when you when you compare the United States to other countries who have this thing under wraps, you're just Mm -hmm. like, man, you know, it's like you get so tired of the mask and being restricted. It's like, okay, everyone just do what you need to do. Protect yourself. Don't be stupid. Wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your hands out your nose and your mouth and your Mm -hmm. eyes. I'm just ready for it to be over. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be over too. I am. And mainly because, you know, all the people who are at risk out there, my mom who has Mm prediabetes, you know, my husband's mom, grandfather, like a lot of people who are at risk, and who have not been able to, you know, go out. Like I speak to a lot of the elderly in my county because I'm the dietitian mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the county. And they're like, I don't need food. I don't need food. Everything is good. Can you send someone to walk me? Really? To a park? Can you send somebody to, wow. you know, walk with me or take me out? Because I, I'm not going out. I have no one to take me out. Or, you know, my children or whomever wow. is always working so even the elderly they're really they're in a shut-in because like the community centers for the county they had a program where the elderly goes there every day Mm -hmm. you interact like if you're retired a lot of the setback to being retired is that you're at home all the time but this took that away because you socialize you you know get to meet new people and all that Mm -hmm. stuff go to events and all that has gotten taken away from them so they you know, they felt that mentally, the elderly, they have, and it's not like they're tech savvy, so they can't jump on on a FaceTime anytime that they choose to, if they don't understand how to work it. So yeah, I, I'm ready for it to be over because of that. And the fact that the virus is affecting people as it it has, but I'm still apprehensive. Right. (laughs) Jumping back in, I am. And, you know, I'm glad that you said that, you know, that you brought up the elderly, because that makes me think of as well, the social disparities that have Mm -hmm. divided itself even more as a result of COVID. You know, like there's certain kids, like for instance, my nieces, they were doing homeschool for a while and their grades suffered, Mm. suffered simply because, you know, not that they couldn't do the work, but the lack of social exposure. And I think that's mm. important for children to have. Right, right. You know, my niece, the 16-year-old, I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm getting old. She is an honor student. And like her grades just tanked. Wow. Tanked. And to, to the point where my sister-in-law was like, you know what? You're going to have to go back to school because look, you already got a scholarship and you're not about to risk, lose it right. because of your grades. So I think, you know, just the social aspect of how that's impacting children that are mm-hmm. doing homeschooling that are not used to that social isolation is important. Right. Is she an only child? No, she has a little sister, but her her grades were tanking too. So my sister-in-law was like, oh, you guys are going back to school. Now that they're actually in the social realm again, their grades are perfect. Flourishing again. Perfect. It's flourishing. Yeah. I mean, I've spoken to other moms and like your niece is 16. So she's been exposed or lived the Mm -hmm. life of going to school, coming home, having friends at school that you physically see and all that. Yeah. My kids, I have four of them, so mm-hmm. and it's four boys, so they have each other. Mm-hmm. They're not single children, so they have each other to play with. And only really my oldest 
has really gotten comfortable with the going to school, making friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being in that social environment. My six year old, he was in March, he was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So he only just got into it. Right, right. So for my kids, they flourished mm-hmm, during mm-hmm. this time. Like mm-hmm. they're ex- excelling, A's, passing everything. And it's also, I would say some of the teachers have told me like not all the kids in the class who are in digital school have mm-hmm. their parents right there focusing right there, to help right. them. So like my eldest, I don't have to help him has, as much. Like he'll come downstairs to tell me like, I need help with this math problem. I need whatever. Right. My six-year-old, I stay downstairs to be with him so I can make sure when he's focusing because six-year-olds uh-huh. don't have an attention span that's that long. <laughs> <laughs> And also, you know, to help him make sure the work is getting completed, the assignments that has been assigned are done. And I've heard the mm-hmm. teachers say, okay, listing names of the kids, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, you need to turn this assignment, you need to turn that assignment in. So I've been blessed that I've been able to focus. That's why my practice had to get a switch where I used right. to see people during the day. Now I'm seeing people in the afternoons and into the evenings as opposed to what I used to do, just so I can focus on him. But they've done well. They've nice. done well. Nice. Did you see this in your county? I know when the COVID came out, like, you know, everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. Were the public schools in your county giving out free meals? Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. I live in the biggest county. Yeah, I think it's the biggest in the state. And even I felt like throughout the whole of Georgia, they were doing this. They, You'd go pick it up for mm-hmm. the whole week, I guess they said. Oh, wow. You pick it up for the whole week and they'd give them, yeah, food. Wow. My kids' school, they go to a charter school. So mm-hmm. last year was the first year that they started giving food from the school system because mm-hmm. they weren't doing school food from the school system. Because we've, I've always sent all of my kids their foods from home because mm-hmm. of food intolerances and I'm Haitian American yeah. and I'm picky yeah. about food. <laughs> right. So I've always sent their foods um, to school for them. But so- Last year was the first year that they started being with the county. So I don't know if that's why they're eligible. I think even without that, they would have been able to, the county would have provided food for all the schools. So I think school buses were going to. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. To deliver food. I feel like I heard about it. And, you know, the reason why, like, you know, I'm bringing all of this up is because, you know, black and brown communities, Mm -hmm. we are just any negative category you look at, we are the ones suffering. Right. So, you know, I think it's important for us also to realize, you know, as this podcast episode comes to a close that, you know, COVID-19 has not only impacted us physically, it has not only impacted us psychologically, but it has negatively impacted black and brown communities financially every way possible mm-hmm. because you know a lot of the frontline workers like it was there were some statistics on the tv the other day a lot of the frontline workers like in the food industry things closing you know it's impacted the black and brown mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. healthcare evs you know it's impacted right. the black and brown community so i think you know we need to remember the next generation of our kids and how this covid-19 post world is going to impact them so, right. And some yeah. um, like Jalen, who's the baby, he's never going to know the world before. Like exactly. he's, he's yeah. going to know whatever school is going to look like going forward. That's yeah. the world he's going to know. He's never going to know Juju who started school this fall coming him. Same thing for him. And right. so, I mean, it's going to impact them. I think I was reading something 
Ooh, what are the name? You know, they're always coming up with a name. Millennials came out after, you know, supposedly I'm in the millennials category, but uh-huh. I didn't know about it. And so wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're always coming out. Name. There's this new title that they have for kids who they feel school age kids that are going to be impacted with COVID. It's like there's a name for it. Really? Yeah, there's a name wow. for it. I just read an article. I, I forgot. But there's a name for it. And, and some mental health expert or psychologist was saying they need to include the college age students who are going through this mm. as well, because they're not, it's not only the under 18, you know, kids that are affected by whatever, you know, all mm. that's going on with COVID. And I wanted to add, like, I wonder if like social workers at school are checking in on kids mm. because kids question. who live in abusive homes, that's what I've been worried about. Kids who oh. live in abusive homes who had a reprieve yeah, when yeah, they were yeah. going to school they've been at home 24 seven. And, you know, I wonder, one. I'm wondering if they've like, if they're do, doing like check-ins, right? because right. a lot of schools have social workers that are within the school system or the actual school individually itself. So I'm wondering. Wow. That's rough. That, that mm-hmm. is rough. That, that's a great question though. Maybe we need to do a podcast episode on that as well. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Look at us giving, giving all our good ideas out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, I mean, it, this has been a crazy year mm-hmm. and we have, thank God, survived and are surviving right. because it's an ongoing process. Wherever you live at, you know, however closed down you feel, you feel that you are, however, this mess has impacted you. We hope and pray that your family are doing well. Mm-hmm. We hope that you guys have retained as much of your mental health or have, have been able to focus as much as you can on your mental health and your wellness as you, you can. And Kim and I, you know, we are on Instagram very actively. So we're always responding to DMs of people who are contacting us throughout this last year talking about, oh my goodness, the same thing is going on with us. Or what do you think about this? Should we be taking like, I've, I've responded to people as much as I can without being like, okay, we may need to know a little bit more about your background before I give you any kind of advice. Right. So, you know, with that being said, you know, this episode was just for us to let you guys know what we've been doing the last year, how this has affected us. Even as a health professionals, like we've been affected as well as you guys have. So we hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. If you guys have any stories to tell us, please DM us so we can post them because telling these stories help people to know that they're not alone right, in whatever exactly. it is that they're going through and that there's somebody else, you know, out there going through it as well. And they may even have like, this is what I did that could help you. So send us those stories in. DM us, email us, and we'll put them out there. So until next time, guys, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.